everyone, and welcome to Strip Search, the comic strip podcast. I am Pete Chianka. I am here, as always, with Dave London. Hi, Dave. Hey, Pete. You may hear some interesting noises in the background. That's because we are in the heart of beautiful Harvard Square, Cambridge, outside on, I don't know if I call it a beautiful spring day, but it's a there's a, a, scent, a scent of spring in the air. A, a, a warm winter day. Yes, yes, a warm end of winter day. Um, and we are here not just to take in the sights, although they are... Uh, as always, scintillating. We are here, actually, to visit one of the oldest comic book stores around, I think the oldest on the East Coast, and we're going to talk to the organizers of the Boston Kids Comic Fest, where we will be a special guest again this year, doing our podcast live from there at the end of April. So we'll be sitting down with the organizers in the comic book store in a couple of minutes, and you'll get to hear that as you hear the traffic roll by. This is just like one of those NPR reports, you know, they have where the person writing on the chalkboard and you hear the car backing up. You know, we're classy that way. We are. Strip search on location. It's going to be our (laughs) sub-podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, So we will get to that soon, but we actually have a few other things to let you know about before we get going. The most exciting of which is... Can I get a drum roll? Yeah. Very good. Pet Peeves the book, based on our comic strip, Dave and my comic strip pet peeves which we've been doing for it actually had its third anniversary in february three years of churning these babies out we got through the terrible twos we did we (laughs) did and we have collected them into a book as we've mentioned a few times and uh we are actually in the midst of a kickstarter which is going extremely well thanks to our very generous family and friends for the most part and a few complete strangers (laughs) who are interested in our work um, we've, we've met our goal and then some, but are still collecting. You could go to PetPeevesComic.com to see a link to that if you would like to still become one of our initial backers. And after that, we are going to be publishing the book. It should be available this April. You just finished the cover, isn't that I, right, I Dave? I did, in fact. Uh, yesterday, uh, we, we finished the cover, so that's... Uh, that's important for that, a book. That is important, right. You can't oh, judge no, the book. Right. By that, and, and also all the pages would really just sort of fall. <laughs> yes, all over the place. yes, it's it's um it's um, I tell you, it's the most <laughs> right. important part of the book. So that was sort of our our last big step, short of actually publishing the darn thing, which is what we're going to do next. So uh, you'll have an opportunity to buy those at Amazon.com or at events where we show up live and in person, like the Boston Kids Comics Fest. In addition to recording our podcast there, we will have books for you to peruse and buy with our signatures if you so choose so that's an exciting development and it's actually you know not that it wasn't exciting to do them one at a time but seeing them all in one place is pretty cool it is you know although from the art perspective it's scary to see how you know you look at some of the early drawings and i I just feel like oh my gosh i (laughs) i hope it looks better now i mean that that is one thing i've always enjoyed about looking at particularly the early collections of strips that I like but came into later in the run to see how they've developed. And they all have. Even the, the best of them, their looks evolved over the years. And something we've incorporated in our book, which I've always liked from other compilations, is a commentary below the strips that explain a little bit about the strips and our ideas and etc. Right. So you sort of get into our brains. Right. It's a scary place. <laughs> the cobwebs. <laughs> they have. Uh, yes. And it was particularly right. It's particularly interesting from your perspective because of how you approach drawing 
I mean, thanks for, for someone like me who cannot draw to hear about how, you know, you approached furniture and how you approached the appliances and how you had to keep track of what all the guest stars look like in case they came back later. I kind of wish I knew about that before I started drawing. <laughs> well, we learned a lot. We learned a lot. Uh, yeah, a, fi- a better filing system would have been better. <laughs> right. So I could actually find old strips when we thought, remember that one when right. they went to the mall? Uh, you know, you'd have to look through 400 of them to find it. But we're getting there, and it's a learning process, and you'll have a chance to uh, learn along with us when you purchase Pet Peeves the book at one of these events or, or from Amazon. So visit PetPeevesComic.com or follow us on Facebook at Pet Peeves to uh, get the latest updates on that. One other project we're involved with that we wanted to let you know about is the latest issue of Comic Strip Cartoonist Magazine, issue number 10. It's a retrospective where they're sort of revisiting some of the cartoonists they've interviewed over the uh, first 10 issues, including us. First nine. First nine issues, right. And then they're compiling them into the into the 10th. We are honored to be a guest in the uh, compilation. Absolutely. Um, and it, it's really, you know, some people who we've got to know a little bit that they, they've talked to. I know they had um, Pat Sandy of Next Door Neighbors was in there. Charles Brubaker, who does Ask a Cat, was one of their people they interviewed. We followed this stuff. And they introduced us to a lot of strips that, you know, uh, and cartoonists that we really enjoy. So you definitely should check that out. Um, another place that you can find by going to PetPeevesComic.com because uh, we have links to all of these things. And uh, and check that out and find out how you could get your hands on a copy, electronic or otherwise. They still do a print edition, which yeah. I like. You know, not everybody does that anymore. Paper. Yeah, <laughs> paper. <laughs> I remember paper. Oh, it was so nice. And uh, anything else we need to cover before we get into our very exciting on-location? No, I think we're good. All right, so stay tuned. We will be back in just a moment with the organizers of the Boston Kids Comic Festival. Stay tuned. Everybody, we are back with Strip Search, the comic strip podcast. I am Pete Gianca. I am here with Dave London, as always. And we are here with some very special guests to talk to us about the Boston Kids Comic Fest, which is coming in April to Pine Manor College. Uh, we are here in the Million Year Picnic, <laughs> which I, correct me if I'm wrong, the oldest comic shop on the East Coast. Or uh, um, in the Northeast, maybe? I, I believe so. I mean, we found one other store in Oregon. Oregon. Uh, that, is, that is older than we are. But um, right. all the other shops that were older have closed down. You know, mostly shops in the Bay Area. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, that was Tony Davis talking, who was the co-founder and creator liaison for the <laughs> Boston Kids Comic <laughs> Fest and the owner here. So it's, it's great to be here. Um, and we are also here with Lisa Haley and you are the social media maven for the oh. Comics Fest and uh, a school librarian in real life mm-hmm. and uh, we are also here with our old friend Jonathan Todd who is another co-founder of the fest and one of the, the masterminds behind it so thank you all for coming in today. Thank you and I also like to start to say uh, Lisa does a lot more than just the social media she's <laughs> integral that's why I had to have her, her on or the other um, main operations person, uh, Mina Jane, who's um, in Europe right now. 
But uh, but yeah, I, I would Liz really, are kind of just so much of the. Power. I would really say that Mina and, and Liz are the heart and soul <laughs> exactly. of, of it's the more Boston Mina. kids. Amen. 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 Because <laughs> like, like there's all this chaos going on, <laughs> completely unfazed, yeah. you know, just unflappable, where yeah. they need to be. So we will definitely catch up with her when we. Librarians are made of pretty tough stuff. Oh, you know, say that again. <laughs> Absolutely. So for the people who don't know, okay. uh, who may have missed it last year, shame on them. But they somehow it, it escaped their radar. You know what is it, and why yeah. is this different? How is this different from some of the other comics festivals oh. you see around? Okay. Yeah. Um. It's. A, it's a free uh, comics festival, and um, what's different is it's um, we're really focused on um, sharing with the public comics, graphic novels, and hybrid books. And hybrid books are things like Diary of a Wimpy Kid um, that are, are kid friendly. Um, you know, a lot of comic cons they're um, they have a lot of kind of graphic, either violent content or um, sometimes profanity and things. So we just wanted like a kind of a place where it's just really safe and fun for kids and families. Um, so there's there's that that's the kind of the main goal. Um, but there's also this free cartooning workshop so kids can try out cartooning. Uh, there's a lot this year. Um, and then there also we have panel discussions with uh, creators, librarians, and I'll let um, Liz talk more about that those specifics. And anything else, Tony? I mean, and as I far think, as I think it's a. a a con where as we grow especially we're hoping to blend you know the established cartoonists that the sort of bigger names um, from bigger publishers who do uh, kids graphic novels with a lot of smaller local creators um, so that people can can sample what they have and see new things and at the same time as he said a, a, a big part of our mission is try, uh, trying to inspire kids to create their own art mm -hmm. to find their own voices mm -hmm. Um, and that's what the workshops are about. Um, but also, we, we have one t uh, table set reserved for kids uh, who want to come and sell their own exactly. their own comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's really the thing, you know, to to make it something that sort of passes on the love of comics from one generation to the next. Mm -hmm. Reading so, and creating. Reading and creating. So, uh, and there's been an explosion o over the last decade, you know really starting with Bone and, and, and Raina Telgemeier's graphic novels. It's an explosion of graphic novels aimed specifically at younger readers or an all-ages market. And uh, some of the finest books coming out, I think, in comics today are being created in that market. Uh, things that are open, honest, and, and not just you know autobiographical comics, but comics with adventure, comics with science fiction, a little bit of horror... Um, there's a lot of good stuff coming out mm -hmm. and what we're looking for is uh, growing the festival so that we can showcase a large chunk of, wha of what's really good out there. Yeah, I mean so much of it must just be exposing people to it. That they, I mean we, we actually before we went on the air Dave was talking about his uh, reading comics in his father's pharmacy. <laughs> When, when he was growing up, and sometimes, right? Isn't that oh, just? Yeah, no. I, I, my dad would take me to work, and I would just sit there, and because they would have the shelf of all the comics, and so every time the new shipment came in, I'd be like, "Dad, I need to go to work with you." <laughs> I miss that. I miss the you know when comics were in every drugstore, every newsstand, and you know you just yeah yeah I miss that. Now for the um, for the people who were there last year, what do you have that that's new? Yeah, sure. We have um, 
three confirmed really headliners, and they are um, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl comic artist Erica Henderson, who is a two-time Eisner Award winner, who drew the first 37 Squirrel Girl comics for Marvel and has worked on Jughead. Um, we have Raul III, who is the uh, award-winning illustrator behind the popular graphic novels Low Riders in Space and Low Riders to the Center of the Earth. And he's also worked on us the Spongebob Squarepants comic book. Oh, that's cool. And then we also have a uh, kind of local hero, uh, Joel Christian Gill, who's the author and illustrator behind graphic novels that share fantastic real-life stories of black Americans, including this uh, really kid-friendly graphic novel about the stunt motorcyclist uh, Bessie Stringfield. And uh, Tony is our you know, liaison. Is there things you want to say about those, those um, the, the three headliners? Well, I think they sort of speak to the diversity of what's out there. Um, work that's fun, informative, uh, culturally broad, and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, yeah, I think people are going to be really excited to see Erica, and I think it's going to be good to expose Joel and, and Raul to, to even larger audiences, because mm -hmm. uh, their work is really excellent. Mm -hmm. um, Joel has done four graphic novels about African American history, two are called The Talented Tenth, and then two are called Strange Fruits. Um, and so he's recently took the Bessie Stringfield book, which I think was volume two of Talented Tenth, and he adapted it into a children's book. So it's the young Bessie Stringfield riding her first bike oh. before she actually becomes a, you know, a motorcycle uh, uh, enthusiast years down the line. And it's a gorgeous book. It's a gorgeous book. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing it take Joel's work into to new places. Yeah, also really important is that we moved to a larger venue. Uh, last year it was actually at my church was a ho the host, but we moved to Pine Manor College, which is right in Chestnut Hill, right off of Route 9. Where, um, it's accessible by the, the Green Line, the Chestnut Hill Green Line stop. Um, and that allowed us to, to do more, more workshops, more panels. And Eliza, can you tell us about some of the, the most interesting workshops and panels? Yeah, well, um, sure. we're really excited. Besides the headliners are going to be on a panel, and we're going to be able mm. to do Q&A with the headliners and talk about their work, which is really cool because they are very different from each other in terms of their style and their work history and stuff. And so it would be really great for everybody to have that chance to talk to them. But we have some superheroes who are going to be on stage ready to talk to kids about their lives as superheroes. So we're gonna have She-Hulk, Black Panther, Star-Lord, and Jack Frost from the Guardian Comics. And so we're really excited to have kids come out and talk to some of the coolest superheroes and be able to ask about their lives and get photos with them. Um, and we're really thankful to the Band of Heroes for making it possible for our superheroes to show up. Um, we I, also I just got even more excited about that. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? It's possible. But that's, <laughs> it's I mean, so I, cool. Should, I should mention, I'm having like 12-year-old flashbacks just being in this door. <laughs> you know, my 12-year-old my habit here. So now, now we get to go talk to superheroes. It's really cool. Yeah. And then we're also, um, we have uh, a panel with uh, um, recent graduates from local... Um, schools that do art, illustration, and comics, and they're going to talk about sort of what their hopes and dreams are and what it's been like to get to where they are and have 
the young audience members be able to ask them like if they want to become artists too and or writers of comics like how did you get where you are what are your suggestions for us and we have a dave lewis who is this really inspiring um artist writer um his latest book is called kismet and it's a muslim superhero and he's been actually doing um book signings all throughout boston in the last couple of months but besides that he has been involved in um this really amazing refugee comic project where they translate books into native language and then they have them in this in the syrian refugee camps Mm -hmm. and they're basically putting out comics for kids based on their cultural history and it's this really inspiring project so he's going to be talking about his work so that's really cool for our panels and then in terms of our workshops as we mentioned a little bit before there's going to be a lot about making comics and different things from focusing on faces to drawing animals to doing like a collaborative comic together Um, so there's really excited about the hands-on stuff for kids. Um, we're also going to have a digi- a room where there's going to be set up with something called Scriblet, which is like digital online making of comics, which I think will be really, it's it's going to be sort of all day and you're going to be able to like go in and for an hour at a time and check that out and try out your hand at doing like online comics. But we also have some of the workshops are for adults. So we're going to have something for teachers comics in the classroom we're having something for librarians and teachers to talk about everything from how do you incorporate you know build up your collection in your library to things you might want to think about in terms of working with teachers as a librarian so it's going to be really great we have a really nice lineup for our workshops something we probably want to just make sure we uh, get to our listeners is where they can find out more information if they want to go online can you just give us some uh Yes, actually. Well, we have a website, bostonkidscomicfest.org. And um, that's where actually you can sign up if you want to get involved because we're looking for volunteers. Um, And we have a bunch of different really cool volunteer opportunities from people to like basically spend the day with our headliners or with other like workshop leaders whatever helping them out to people being greeters helping with like bus you know running around things so and then our website also just has tons of information and you know things are subject to change definitely check back the website frequently just to see what's going on just to make sure we get it 10 to 5 on saturday Saturday. april 27 2019 yes and actually mention where pine manor college is yes pine manor (laughs) college is at 400 heath street in Chestnut Hill, um, and it's right off of Route 9 um, in Chestnut Hill, kind of near the, uh, not too far from the Chestnut Hill Mall. Important, it's accessible by uh, Green Line, the MBTA, uh, Chestnut Hill Stop. We have free shuttle service oh, um, yeah. there. To, there. And there is free parking yeah. at Pine Manor There's free College. parking at Pine Manor Yeah, if you need to, if you are driving. Yeah. And just in case people are worried that there's not going to be food, we actually uh, yes. have <laughs> some really wonderful food trucks. Yeah. Bon Me, Melt Food Truck, and Chicks and Dogs. So we definitely, there'll be food available. There's going to be face painting. There's going to be actually an outdoor space where we can make, everybody can contribute to one panel of a comic because there's these really cool oh, pavers. Oh, and so awesome. everybody can like make a collection of comic when they're there with their family members so we're really really excited about the event and hope that we can get lots of people out and then when people get to Pine Manor College is there a particular building to look for 
Good question. There's going to be a lot of signage. Yeah. Right, look yeah. at the building with Black Panther and <laughs> <laughs> Jack Frost. <laughs> well, well, someone on the roof sounding. <laughs> you know, just something that's always interesting to me is sort of ways to get kids to read who maybe don't want to. How effective are graphic novels and comics as sort of in leading kids into other types of reading? Oh, I mean, it's amazing. And if you think about it, because um, we live in this multimodal liter literacy age where kids are com constantly bombarded by not only words, but images and sound and video. And so I think what's amazing about a comic or a graphic novel is that you have to read the pictures with the words. You have to understand like what's happening in between the panels and make a lot of inferences. And so it's a really actually... Um, like a lot of I know a lot of teachers are very concerned it's not real reading right and it's really frustrating because it actually is almost even harder because you have to do a lot of work when you're reading a graphic novel or a comic and we definitely have seen that you get a kid like really excited about reading one graphic novel it means leads to another leads to another and then all of a sudden it's like oh well there's this book this chapter book that's very similar in the storyline like it has adventure it has silly humor in it and then and then there's all these hybrid books like we were talking about like wimpy kid that are out there now too so i think that there's it's amazing what kids have available to them that they haven't didn't have when we were younger like yeah. even the last from 15 years ago yeah right and i i yeah. was very fortunate i mean i grew up in los angeles my mom was an elementary school teacher and there was never this differentiation in our household between comics and books high and low uh sort of culture or art so uh if it involved reading my mom was in favor of it and you know i might read the Uncle Scrooge, Genghis Khan adventure, The Crown of Genghis Khan. And I might go to the library the next week and check out a book on Genghis Khan. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it, it, they, they work to, hand in hand together. So I've got an 11-year-old now who has read pretty much through that entire wall of children's <laughs> graphic novels. And now he's a sporty kid, so anything that slows him down, that gets him away from bouncing a ball or playing a video game that involves bouncing a ball. <laughs> and, you know, one of the people who I work with, Kelly, suggested uh, a couple of different manga series that were about sports, Slam Dunk, I'm um, uh, forgetting the other couple. But he started reading those, and the next thing I know, he found a bunch of stuff online. He may have read 500 volumes of sports manga <laughs> in like the last year. It just he goes through it like that, and he's just immersed in that world. But it changes it changes sort of you know the flow of what he's doing. It gets him to slow down a little bit, and it puts him in the mood to read other stuff as well. And you know that's what you're kind of looking for because uh, reading is about building habits around things as well. I agree. And also, like, for instance, we have one of the um, workshop leaders and exhibitors is from the science comics, which are, there's a lot of nonfiction comics that have um, been published in the last bunch of years. And those are getting kids into topics where it's just so accessible because um, some kids are more visual, visual and so they're going to be reading with the pictures and the words instead of just like a straight up science book. And... Um, I'm so excited about all the nonfiction stuff. That that's, there's amazing biographies and memoirs, and then there's history. There's um, 
all of this different stuff about social issues. So I think like, and and we have exhibitors who are going to be like sharing some of that stuff. So it's going to be great. It's, That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, so parents, if you're listening, I mm-hmm. think you just got an uh, an excellent argument as to why you should bring your kids to the Boston Kids Comic Fest on April 27th. Um, thank you guys so much for taking the time to, to talk to us and for having us in here today. Uh, we may have to pick up a few comic books before before we leave for, for all time's sake. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, yeah, really thanks, thanks for inviting us. Yeah. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Pine Manor College and Solstice its graduate creative writing program, tabletop game maker Anomia Press, local comic book stores Million Year Picnic and Hub Comics, children's book publisher Candlewick Press, Dark Horse Comics, the family of York and Rebecca Lowe, and the engineering firm Omnix Technologies Corporation. That, that was very good. You may have a future reading the sponsors on PBS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're on Strip Search podcast. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Oh, man. Oh. Don't go away, everyone, because we are going to come back and talk about Jonathan's graphic novel, which he is working on and which will be published not too far down the road. So stay tuned for more Strip Search. Strip Search, the comic strip podcast. We had a great time learning about the Boston Kids Comics Fest, but before we go, there's another very important topic that we wanted to cover with our special guest, Jonathan Todd. Jonathan, you have a graphic novel that you've been working on for a while now. A a long time. I I mean, if I was to be honest, kind of at least 2015 is when I I think did the first drafts Mm -hmm. and thoughts about it. Yeah. Mm And now it's, now it's finally, because I remember when we had you on the show last year, it was, I think you had just gotten word that, you know, you might be looking at a publishing, you know, situation for that, yeah. and that's coming to pass now, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think at the time, I knew um, it was coming, but I hadn't signed the contract yet, and so I wasn't at liberty to discuss it, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I'm very honored that Scholastic's publishing it, and uh, have an awesome editor, uh, Cassandra, and so yeah, actually, I just got feedback from her yesterday that I can start drawing some final pages. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very exciting for me. Sounds like it's such a relatable oh. subject matter. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. see it. I can see why Scholastic would be interested. Uh-huh. It seems like right up their alley. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it's um, kind of inspired by my upbringing. Uh, right about uh, right, right around here, my family we lived in Boston when I was a kid, but during like from like second grade on to sixth grade, I lived in in Miami, Florida. And then uh, I came up around middle school. And um, so in Florida, I was, I, for the last two years, I was, I was basically the black kid in, the, in, in my grade. And so, but yeah, I didn't feel any different from all the other kids. But then when I came up north, I just felt this real like racial segregation. And it just really, I was uncomfortable with it. And mm-hmm. so I, like things like, you know, I didn't know where to sit in the lunchroom, like, because all the black kids were at one table. And then mm-hmm. I thought, well, it just just felt weird to me yeah. coming into that situation, so um, it would it took a while to like really um, a number of years to like kind of kind of get this idea of like warming up to the black community and just and so it so it's about that inner struggle mm-hmm. um, and finding identity that the book's about. But it's um, so it's it's based on my life, but it's not it's not a memoir by any means. But it's but Cecil is a lot like who I was. Mm-hmm. So 
that's the general theme of of the book. Yeah, no, that sounds uh, terrific. I yeah. mean, and it, you know, it's just so interesting because yeah. this area is sort of considered so progressive and, yeah. and liberal. Yeah. But it also has this very sort of sordid history when yeah. it comes to, to race relations that Absolutely. you know a lot that still needs to be worked out yeah. clearly. Yeah. And this, and I think that sometimes the best way to tell these stories is through somebody's personal experience. So I could, I yeah. could see this doing doing very well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so t- can you tell us about your process? What what uh, materials and techniques are you using? Okay, so just the art or the writing too, or just the—I don't care about the writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, well, um, for the graphic novel, what's nice—it's kind of my favorite stage—is the thumbnailing ska- stage, where uh, for people who aren't familiar with comic books, I, I liken it to like the storyboard phrase of a movie, where you just have small drawings of what the whole story is going to look like. So I love that phase because you know it's—you—I'm really loose, and you can just. Um, you can just lay out uh, how a scene is. You can change it, and so um, so that's kind of the stage I am now. I just submitted, I recently submitted, like actually, the a, a th- full thumbnail of the book. But a- and then my editor gave me feedback and said I needed to like make some make the pacing slower. So um, it it took a while to do the second revision. Um, so now she gave me feedback, and so now I'm ready to go to the final inking. St- the final stage but so i'm going to redraw the pages nicely and big and um and then ink with a brush number one uh windsor newton's uh, (laughs) series seven (laughs) uh with india ink and then i do a micron pins for the lettering yeah so as far as uh when you do the thumbnails yeah are you penciling that or what what materials are you using just for the thumbnail Oh, for the thumbnail, I just do number two pencil, just, okay. and I usually do it in my sketchbook. Yeah. So, so what size paper is the, uh, the thumbnail. thumbnail? Oh, yeah, thumbnail. So I, I do the thumbnail on just eight and a half by 11, okay. and then the final drawing on like 10 by 15, kind of traditional comic book size, but it'll be reduced to like okay. a... Right. And then for the, for the real sort of techno geeks in okay. the audience, oh. what, what paper are you drawing the final on? Oh, I like um, two-ply Bristol board. Uh, I like the smooth surface. I always like uh, to smooth myself. You like smooth, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and then, can you, I don't know if you can talk about this, but when will we be able to see it, the final version, out in print? Can you talk about the end result? Yeah, well, um, it's right now scheduled to be published spring 2021, um, but my uh, deadline is in um, next year, 2020. I guess it takes a whole year to um, for it to printing and distribution, and so... I'm, I'm I'm new to all this, but it's it's very exciting um, for me and just learning the process, working with an editor, like a really talented editor. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, the name is Timid. Yes. Am I right? We want to make sure people know that, uh, and uh, we will definitely have you back. <laughs> oh, thank you. When, uh, if if we're still doing this, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> we'll have you back when that is ready to print. Uh-huh. Well, thank you very much to all of our guests today uh, for talking to us about the Boston Kids Comic Fest and about Timid the Graphic Novel and everything else we covered here in Cambridge. And thanks to everybody for tuning in to Strip Search, the Comic Strip Podcast. We'll see you next month.